You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne. Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. It's fourth down in the Steel City. Game number two coming up this weekend between the Steelers and the New England Patriots. Colin, I can see you can hardly contain your excitement. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. No, I mean, I, I am. Let's go. It's week one. Come on. It's two. the Patriots. It's back. Home, home opener. Week one. What am I talking about? I mean, the home opener. It is the home opener. Acrisure Stadium. There's nothing about this that's the same as it used to be. It's Akrasher, it's Mac Jones, it's Mitch Trubisky. It ain't exactly like Tom Brady versus Ben Roethlisberger at Heinz Field, but it's football, so I guess we'll make do with what we got. Right. Did the Steelers, before we get into this one, did the Steelers luck into the victory that they picked up in week number one, Colin? Um, well... I find this very interesting when people said they luck into one, okay? Uh, because that they often play that card whenever the offense doesn't have a really great performance huh. or they don't, they aren't really good. So is that dismissing fifty percent of the ball or the other half of the ball? I don't think it was lucky what the defense did. They sure forced the issue, and there was a lot of skill involved and a lot of taking the game to Cincinnati there. So. No, I mean, did the offense, were they good? No, they weren't good. They weren't good at all. But they got the football largely as a result of skill by the defense, and it's a holistic team effort. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because I didn't know which way you were going to take that. But I've been saying that for a long time, that if you are a team that's got a great defense, you're looked at in the NFL these days as, eh, we'll see. But let's say let's say there was a team in the league that was as good on offense as the Steelers are on defense and as bad as the Steelers are on offense on their defense. I think that team would be looked at more as a Super Bowl contender than the Steelers. Hmm. Run if there was a team that was as bad on defense as the Steelers are on offense and mm-hmm. just super great on offense. Correct. The inverse of these Steelers. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of one. Um, how good was that Kurt Warner Rams team um, on defense? 
can't really think of many guy guys that they had. I'm right. sure I'll get smacked over the head. Someone will tweet and say, I'm sure, but I'm just thinking of a wide open offense that was just like you, you know, know those Colts teams that that struggled oh, yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. Really good call. Or essentially any Big 12 team that's ever played college football. Yeah. Um, and then trying to win a national championship. There would be romanticism. If people say defense wins championships and people love grid and this and that, but those people are all dead. People love throwing the football around the yard and people romanticize now and celebrate and fall in love with offense. I so think, I right. think they would look at those and say the defense just needs to make a couple stops because it not what's wrong with the defense. Oh my gosh. How are they going to get it together? They just need to make a couple stops is how they would phrase it. Yeah. You're right about that. And it used to be not that way. It, it used to be, if you had a good enough unit defensively, offensively, whatever, wow, this team could be pretty good. They're elite on that one side of the ball. Well, I don't think people look at it that way anymore. And we had a couple of people on today on the fan morning show. I believe it was Lee Sterling, who is a gambling expert. Yes. And he said that the Patriots and the Steelers, he has both of them. They're mediocre teams. Both these teams can flat out play defense. And does it make me odd? Does it make me kind of weird that I'm sort of looking forward to that game? to this game this weekend because of that. And maybe, yeah, the bad offense is fine. But <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to a defensive tussle. Perhaps this one ends three to two, Colin. Or are you flipping it the other way? Are you saying defensive tussle, but you mean a battle of offense and aptitude, offensive ineptitude? I think this game will feature both, my friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um I agree with you. I'm actually looking forward. Well, you know why? I'll tell you exactly why. And it, it's interesting you brought that up because won't you want to celebrate more if the Steelers do show some offensive aptitude and some ability to move the football? And you also like you're waiting to be surprised and you want to be you want to celebrate that. Like you want to see them move the football and you go, oh, OK, so now my what I thought was a given going into this, it's really not the case. And maybe they do have it in there. Like there's that temptation in that, that dangling carrot out there. I wonder if I would love to see that. And I would love for that to spark something in me, some sort of belief in me in the Steelers offense. Right. I don't know what it'll take for me to get there to actually buy in because I can't remember the last time the Steelers played a good offensive game. I, I don't think they really played one last year. They opened things up in the second half against Minnesota, but they were already out of it. And Oh, wow, they're putting up points and yards. This is crazy. Okay, well, all for naught. Same thing with the Chargers. I guess there's a couple of examples there. But really, I mean, you think about it. The last two years, plus the beginning now of this season, it's just been one game. I don't know what it'll take for me to believe – wow, this Steelers defense has it going. They've got Moxie. They're moving in the right direction. I'd have to see it probably for three or four straight weeks. Um, well, there's a difference because I can believe it now at the beginning of a season until I don't see it because you don't have a body of work to work off of other than the one game that you just played. So when they come out of the gate and they play that well, like the defense did, then I'll believe they're pretty darn good until I see that they aren't pretty darn good. 
because all they the only case study they have is week one. Oh, I'll believe in the defense because I sort of have confirmation bias because we believe that the defense would be good coming in oh, and then they the go offense, out and they show. Yeah, as far as the oh, offense. No, the offense needs to give me a month of being good. Yeah, I, I don't I know. I must have misheard you. Um, yeah, the offense needs to show me a month of being good and they need to show me an ability to – and it doesn't have to be a last-second drive or winning the game at the end. Just an ability to make first downs when they need to. And also, they need to at least show me one or probably two times an ability to close out a game, to make the play to end the game, to to have seven minutes on the clock and be up five and go kick a field goal to make it eight, you know? What I agree with that. What do you make of Matt Canada being asked about utilizing the middle of the field and then basically giving the Gettysburg address, hoping that all of us would forget what the question was. It was an odd situation the other day from the Steelers' offensive coordinator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man, I've been thinking about this a lot today and a lot this afternoon before we tape this here. And it's almost like, you know what I keep envisioning? I envision like those NATO or OPEC meetings where there are all these people sitting in this gigantic sort of courtroom, boardroom looking place. And somebody from, I don't know, Qatar asks a question and then they flash to somebody from Iceland or Poland or, uh, you know, the Philippines or something, and they have those earpieces in and it's translating into their language what was said and everybody's wearing those big earpieces. You know what I'm talking about in those big meeting rooms? But it's almost like his got turned off and the translation was, what he got was totally wrong between what the question was asked and what he thought was asked. Like, he answered a different question. Did. It was really weird. And... It wasn't a difficult question to answer. If he wanted to be vague, he could have been vague. He could have said, eh, Cincinnati wasn't giving us the middle of the field. He could have said, you know what? We were really protecting the football, and so we were risk-averse. And that might not be sexy, but that's what we were doing. He could have given a million different reasons other than what he gave, which wasn't a reason, it was, oh, you're talking about that? Well, now I'm going to bring up third down. Let's talk about third down. Third down's where we need to be better. I'm really wondering, and I don't want this to sound like an excuse for Matt Canada because he got some excuses last year because it was Ben. He has some even now because the offensive line. But with Randy Feetner, they didn't attack the middle of the field Ben's penultimate season. They didn't attack the middle of the field last year. I do wonder if Mike Tomlin is telling his offensive coordinators, given the strength of the defense and given the foibles of the offense, don't attack the middle of the field. Keep the ball out of harm's way. And then these offensive coordinators, they say, oh, the best case scenario then is we're not going to put it in the middle of the field because that is where we feel is the most risky place. Do you think it could be an edict from Mike Tomlin saying, let's be careful here? Uh, it could be, but if it is, 
It's nonsense either way. If it's an edict, it's nonsense that it's an edict to not use the middle of the field. If it is by design and it isn't an edict and it's simply just part of the game plan, then it's nonsensical to not use the middle of the field when you can make a lot of hay in there. Um, for me, the fact-finding mission on why, sure, that's important, but the how and how you win and it not being utilized, that's the more important portion to all this. And that's the part I don't understand. You can attack the middle of the field and still not put the ball in harm's way. Correct. And that's what they need to do. You, you're you not going to – I don't think you're going to have success running the ball. I think a lot of folks – and I heard Chris Hoke do this the other day on 93.7 The Fan whenever he was on with Cook and Joe. A lot of people seem to say run the ball and then that opens up play action and then you can utilize the middle of the field. I think you might have to go about it the other way. Throw the ball into the middle of the field. And then that allows you to run. And then it can start to open things up. That's what I think. But it doesn't have to be. I would love to see them use the tight ends in the seams because they got good tight ends. I would love to see that. It doesn't have to be that way. You can have a guy. You could have not Juju anymore. Chase Claypool, who they want to utilize in the slot. Boom. Curl route. Bang. Middle of the field. Ten yards down the field. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Can you believe that? You don't have to put the ball in a dangerous situation to expand the territory that you're attacking. You just don't. Well, for me, this seems like one of those times, and I don't know if there have been many, but they actually do miss Juju. That's the role in which he played where you use the middle of the field to throw the football to him. He leverages the middle of the field. You get it to him. You get it quick. And I think he would – I think Juju would actually help in this offense with this quarterback more than he helped in the previous offense with the previous quarterback. Yeah, I buy that. I also think that the last game was should have been in or should be instructive on for Mitch Trubisky. Let, let me put it this way. I think it should be instructive for Mitch Trubisky on knowing that these are guys who can make plays for you. I mean, Deontay Johnson went up and he snagged that ball with one hand, got both feet down on the sideline. It was an awe moment, a wow moment. Chase Claypool, middle of the field. You throw it behind him. He slides. He still gets one hand up, brings the ball down. George Pickens, he's made plays like that in camp and in the preseason. You can put the ball up where only those dudes can get it. Even Deontay Johnson and his diminutive size. You can go out there and you can throw the ball and you can put it in a situation where it might, it might feel a little dirty, might feel a little risky, and it ain't because your guy's better than their guy. Like your offensive line's not better than their guys, but your receivers are better than their guys. <laughs> yeah, I agree to that. And here's the deal. Let's take some guys. Let's take Pickens. Hmm? Let's take Claypool. Let's take Deontay Johnson. Let's take Najee Harris, even. Like, whenever you look at those guys, don't you trust in a 50-50 situation? That's like, you sweet. just pointed out that those guys are simply better than the other guy. At least they're Friar Muth as well. They're paid in a position and they're drafted in a position and they're placed in a position and they're billed uh, by what their billing is to us, at least, that they should be better than the person most of the time, if not all the time, that are matching up against them. So why wouldn't you put them in a situation to simply try to win a 50 50 ball or 50 50 competition? Yes. And I think. You're playing New England this week. They're, they're a bad offense, but they, they got a pretty good defense. Okay, fine, whatever. Then you're playing Cleveland. Then you're mm-hmm. playing the Jets. 
You don't have TJ Watt right now. You've got three games, all winnable, even without your best player. You might be able to get by right now not playing great offense. There's going to come a moment where you're going to have to win a game where you got to put some points up. Now, maybe the reality is you're just not going to win those games. When another team gets into the mid-20s, maybe that's what winds up happening. You're just going to lose. But if this team wants to go from one that could be in the playoff conversation to one that can win a playoff game, I'm not saying that Mitch Trubisky and this offense are shackled now. I'm not even saying you got to open it up and go Mike Leach, A-Raid, throw it 70% of the time. You are going to have to open it up a little bit more than what we saw in week one. And should we give them more time to do that before we crush them? Because we've been pretty hard a little bit on Matt Canada already. Yeah, we have been. I don't, should we give him a little bit more time? Um, you know, I don't know. I guess because it's a different quarterback. But what has Mitch Trubisky showed you that he shouldn't be trusted trying to get the ball in the middle of the field? He's got zero turnovers as a Steeler preseason, regular season. Yeah. So I don't know if, no, if he doesn't do it this game and make a, a, and also in the first preseason game, Matt Trubisky or Matt Trubisky, Matt Canada rolled the pocket with Trubisky. He did it with Pickett as well. He got his quarterback out in space and he utilized the middle of the field. So that being said, like maybe one more game is it, but you got to see it sooner rather than later. Yeah, you do. And they can win these next couple of games without TJ Watt. They really can. Um, but I think let's say they let's say they start four and Let's say they win those games. And it looks like it did against Cincinnati. I'm happy because they're winning. I'm happy because I think you start four and really good chance you're gonna make the playoffs. But it's gonna feel an awful lot like it did a couple of years ago if they are winning this way, because we've already seen. That's not how you get it done in today's NFL. All right, coming up next, TJ Watt. He's going to miss at least four games. He's been placed on IR. Maybe he misses six games. At any rate, what do the Steelers need to do in his absence for it to be considered a success? We'll get to that next. Fourth down in the Steel City continues. <laughs> 